0: Welcome to Gestational Diabetes Club, I'm your host Helena, dietitian, nutritionist, vegetable enthusiast and big fan of strong coffee and dark chocolate. Join me here each week to chat about all things gestational diabetes, We'll cover everything you need to know about your nutrition, lifestyle and all the messy bits in between so that you can feel empowered to optimise your blood sugar, grow a healthy baby and create sustainable healthy habits to last a whole lifetime without the stress, overwhelm, guilt or confusion. Thanks so much for joining me and I hope you love it here. Hey everyone, welcome back to Gestational Diabetes Club. Today's episode is about vitamin D. Now, no one really asked for this topic, but I decided that I wanted to talk about it because I think that vitamin D is a pretty underrated secret weapon when it comes to balancing your blood sugar, and it can make a really big difference to your total pregnancy outcomes. So I thought that it was worth covering. And it's not just important for pregnancy, actually. I feel like for a while, vitamin D just really flew under the radar a bit. We are starting to get more and more research suggesting that vitamin D plays a role in all sorts of different areas regarding our health. So really important to know about, and I want to give it the spotlight that it deserves. So what do you probably already know about vitamin D? It's the sunshine nutrient. I think that it is probably most well known for regulating calcium, um, as well as phosphorus levels in the blood and supporting our bone health. And basically, you need vitamin D to be able to absorb things like calcium and phosphorus. So pregnancy is considered a time of high vitamin D demand. Um, The body actually utilizes a lot more vitamin D to maintain the growth of your baby's skeleton. So there is a risk of deficiency during and post-pregnancy. And vitamin D deficiency results in impaired bone mineralization, which is called osteomalacia and can make the bones much more vulnerable to fractures. So really important to be getting enough. So as I mentioned, you also need to be getting enough calcium for this process to work properly. So just a quick side note, that is also especially critical during pregnancy. Your requirements for calcium don't actually increase, but you are building a skeleton, so you need to be getting enough. It's a tricky nutrient because, and this is still on calcium, Because a blood test won't tell you if you have a deficiency and what will happen is that your body will release calcium from your bones and teeth where it's stored to support the building of bub skeleton, as well as all the other functions of your own body like nerve and heart function and it needs a certain amount in the bloodstream to be able to do those things. So you'll always kind of see a consistent level of calcium in the blood unless there's something quite serious going on Um, and not getting enough basically means that you then compromise the health of your own bones. Because remember, like I said, it's like our body would pull the calcium from our bones to support the other processes. So then you compromise the health of your own bones, weakening those, and then you're at much greater risk of developing osteopenia. And that's the precursor to osteoporosis, which is basically where you have really brittle bones that are very prone to fractures. So You probably don't want that and it can actually be a thing that you can get like, um, you know, osteoporosis and bone breakages and things like that when you're pregnant or breastfeeding. So it's not as uncommon as you think. So please be on top of your calcium, but back to vitamin D. So bone health is one major reason that you need to be on top of it. Um, It also has plenty of other roles, which we're starting to learn more about, like I said, So it's also fairly implicated in inflammation, our immune system function, brain, nervous system, skin, muscles, reproductive organs and pancreas. And it's now recognized to play a role in lots of different conditions like diabetes, which is relevant for us, heart disease, autoimmune conditions, cancer, respiratory diseases and even mental health. So the pancreas and diabetes and specifically gestational diabetes is where I obviously want us to focus today. So stay with me and we'll get on to talking about some of the research in that space in a minute. But first, it's a nutrient that we eat as well as a hormone that we produce. So we produce it when our skin is exposed to UV radiation from the sun and it then goes through a conversion process in the liver and kidneys until it's in its active form And sun exposure generally meets about 80% of our requirements. However, this comes with a really big caveat because prolonged exposure to the sun also does increase your risk of skin cancer, as you probably know, which is especially relevant for us here in Australia. So you don't want to be out in the sun for too long and especially not without sun protection. So even if you have a vitamin D deficiency, You really need to make sure that you are being sun safe and conscious of that. So the Cancer Council advises that if the UV is above three or at three, then don't go out in the sun for a prolonged period of time. So generally for most people, incidental exposure of things like your hands and your face and your arms on a summer's day a few times a week is enough to maintain your vitamin D levels. In winter, it's a little bit trickier and you might need like two to three hours across the course of a week. Um, And if you have dark skin, then you would need more sun exposure because the synthesis of vitamin D is not as good, basically. So that's something to keep in mind. Please always, always, always be sun safe. And we also can get vitamin D from a few different food sources, but not very many. So things like oily fish, for example, salmon, Uh, eggs, mushrooms that have been flipped upside down and exposed to sunlight. So when they've got their gills facing the sun, they can actually synthesize vitamin D just like us, which is very cool. And there are some fortified products like milk or cereal and some of the plant-based milks might have vitamin D as well. But we really can't rely on food alone to meet our needs. So please don't think that you can just be eating salmon once a week and then that you're getting enough vitamin D. It doesn't quite work like that. So on to pregnancy and gestational diabetes, there is some pretty solid evidence suggesting that optimizing your vitamin D levels can make a big difference to your blood sugar regulation. I'm going to go into a little bit of the specific research here, so stick with me. A 2018 systematic review included over 100 studies which was a mix of observational studies and randomized control trials. And they found that low vitamin D levels during pregnancy was associated with a higher risk of gestational diabetes. So that's cool to know that if you're deficient, then you're more likely to get gestational diabetes. And then in 2021, an updated systematic review and meta-analysis of observational studies only was published. And this one included 29 studies. And they found that, again, low levels of vitamin D significantly increased the risk of developing gestational diabetes. So we've got fairly clear evidence for that at this point. And they found that people who had the lowest risk of gestational diabetes had serum levels of of vitamin D between 40 and 90. So that really just goes to show that we want to be getting into those upper ranges to really reduce risk of gestational diabetes. So I know most of you listening have probably already got JD, but still cool to know because then, I mean, it obviously also would mean that it's implicated in blood sugar regulation, right? So specifically looking at women who do have gestational diabetes, in 2019, another systematic review and meta-analysis looking into randomized control trials was published. So. That's where it's more like a controlled experiment where they're giving some people vitamin D and not giving other people vitamin D and just seeing what happens. And they found that, so they looked at five of these experiments and they found that supplementing with vitamin D was associated with a decrease in fasting blood sugar, reduced HbA1c, which is more like that average blood sugar across a few months, and reduced serum insulin levels. So that's probably sounds a bit counterintuitive, but that's generally a good thing because if there is really high circulating insulin, it's a sign of insulin resistance. The amount that it decreased fasting blood sugar in particular, I thought was interesting because the average was like 0.5 millimoles per liter. So that's Australian units. And I thought that is relevant because sometimes you really are only a few decimal points over your fasting target range. So being able to drop it down that tiny bit would be really helpful for some people. But do note, this was only a relatively small review. Like I said, I only looked at five studies and the studies seemed really different in terms of the supplementation dose provided. So it ranged quite a lot from like 1,000 to 4,700 international units. The most recent study I could find into vitamin D and GD was published this year, so 2023. They included 20 randomized controlled trials, so that's quite a lot more, which had over 1,500 participants altogether. And it looked more so at um, outcomes like blood lipids and tangible outcomes around pregnancy rather than blood glucose, given that I think we could probably say that the relationship between blood glucose and vitamin D is pretty well established. I think that's positive and progressive that we're looking at some other things as well. So this was seem to be pretty high quality. They didn't consider there to be much bias in the studies that they included, meaning that they were solid. We can think that it's good evidence that we're looking at. And they found that supplementing improved serum vitamin D levels, which is pretty obvious, we'd hope that it would do that. So seven studies looked at lipids in particular, and they found that vitamin D helped reduce total cholesterol, including the LDL cholesterol, which is the one we don't want so much of, but improved the good type of cholesterol, HDL, and reduced overall triglycerides in the bloodstream. And nine studies looked at premature birth, 10 looked at hyperbilirubinemia, four looked At neonatal hospitalization, and all of them found improvements in these outcomes. So that's really interesting finding less risk of premature birth, um, less risk of the baby having really high bilirubin levels, which is like jaundice, and less risk of your bub needing to be hospitalized after birth. So, in a broader context, it's also been pretty well established that vitamin D supports improved outcomes for pregnancy in general regardless of GD status. For example, um, again, reduced rates of premature death, reduced rates of low birth weight, reduced rates of small for gestational age infants, and there's potentially a role in improving developmental outcomes as well. And longer term, vitamin D may also help reduce the likelihood of you going on to develop type 2 diabetes. I didn't read every single study out there about all of this stuff because there were just so many, but the general consensus seems to be that vitamin D deficiency or even insufficiency, so not quite a clinical deficiency, but having like lower um, levels in the bloodstream, is associated with poorer outcomes and having good supplies supports good outcomes. So this is particularly strong in those observational studies as opposed to randomized control trials, which is interesting. So we're seeing it more so like naturally in the population as opposed to like whether or not someone's being supplemented, which I think the association seems to be more so noticing that people with the lower levels, um, you know, for whatever reason, are having those poorer outcomes And there might be other factors going on with that, but it's pretty interesting that there's so much consistency in the research. But getting back to blood sugar specifically, let's look at how it all works. So without getting too deep into the science of it all, basically, vitamin D seems to work directly on the pancreas so that it actually stimulates insulin production. Therefore, you've got like more of it to use and to help transport the sugar out of the bloodstream as well as helping convert insulin from a precursor form into the active form. So again, you've got more that you can actually utilize. And it also seems to enhance the response of insulin receptors on the cells. So therefore, it's easier for the insulin to go and like carry the glucose out of the bloodstream. And it may also reduce inflammation, which we know is implicated in the development of diabetes in general and protect cells in the pancreas from damage. And those cells are the ones that produce insulin. So lots of ways that it seems to actually have this effect. So what do you need to be doing? What's your takeaway here? So there's a little bit of debate actually about whether or not routine supplementation during pregnancy is worthwhile. I would say that it's definitely helpful to get your levels checked and see where you're at. So even if you do live somewhere relatively sunny, it's still important to note that you might experience deficiency or insufficiency, like I said. So even if you don't have really low levels, even if it's like below the optimal range, then it's still very much possible, even if it's sunny where you live. For example, if you're indoors at work a lot, and let's say you just like you drive to work and then you park and then you basically just like walk in and sit at your desk and then you leave, especially now because it is winter, and then you get home and it's dark and you barely really get outside, then you might not actually get your vitamin D in. And same if you cover up for religious reasons or some other reason that you generally are really, really clothed, or if you avoid the sun because you're fair-skinned or you've got skin cancer in your family or, you know, you're just worried about That, then that puts you at risk of deficiency. Or, like I said, if you're dark skinned and absorption is therefore harder. And of course, if you don't live in a sunshiny area, even trickier to make sure you're getting enough. So even if you're not deficient, you may not be in the optimal range, like I said. So again, just please get checked and have a chat to your doctor about what the target range would be or a dietitian, so they can advise you on that. Now a lot of the prenatal supplements in Australia do already have some vitamin D in them, but the American Pregnancy Society recommends taking an additional supplement on top of this as well, as they generally don't seem to cr- contain a great deal. So again, I would be having a chat to your doctor, your dietitian, somebody on your team so that you can just run through how much you're actually taking and how much you need to be taking, particularly In regards to your particular levels. So, I'm not going to give you all like a number that you should be taking for the right dose because there actually also isn't any consensus on that. So, I'd say that it really does need to be based on you, your circumstances, your blood level, how much exposure to vitamin D you get. um, And yeah, what basically like what your team thinks is the right direction for you to take. So, You do also need to know that there's an upper limit, so it's not a case of more is more and just go and buy like the highest dose you can find and take three of them a day. Please don't be doing that. There is an upper limit because it is a fat-soluble vitamin, so you can definitely take too much of it and develop toxicity. So we don't want that either. You've got to find that sweet spot. But in saying that, one study did actually find still positives with taking a pretty high dose of 4,000 international units. And they didn't find any evidence of harm with this, but it did reduce pregnancy complications significantly compared to the people in that same study who were only taking 400 international units. So it seems like there's scope to be taking a pretty big dose. But again, I want you to talk to your doctor about the right dose for you. So in summary, get your levels checked, talk to your doctor about supplementation, Get short, sensible, safe sun exposure. And remember, it was like, you know, you need basically that incidental exposure of your face, arms, and hands. If it's winter, then cumulatively across the week, you need a couple of hours of that sun exposure. Eat salmon, especially because it's also really rich in omega 3 fatty acids. So it's just really awesome to be including anyway during pregnancy. So Eat salmon a couple of times a week, eggs, and take your mushrooms outside for a little holiday and flip them upside down so that they can synthesize some vitamin D for you as well. And if nothing else, I hope that you found this interesting. So make sure that you are really on to your vitamin D. But we'll leave it there. Like I said, hope you found this interesting. I hope you enjoyed learning about vitamin D. And if you want me to do More deep dives like this into specific nutrients, I'd be more than happy to. So let me know if you enjoyed this. And as always, I'm going to ask you very kindly to leave me a rating and review. So if you're on Spotify, just you need to give a star rating, or if you're on Apple, you can write a review. And it actually helps me so, so much if you can do that, because it's the only way to help this podcast actually grow. And then if I can reach more people with gestational diabetes, we can help improve their journeys as well, because, you know, it can be a really isolating, lonely experience going through GD. So I'm trying to spread as much helpful information as possible. So if you want to help me do that, it helps so, so much by leaving a rating and a review. And it also helps me have a little bit of feedback to know that I'm on the right track and that you're enjoying the episodes. So it's really helpful for me to have that feedback as well. But have a great day. We will chat super soon. Bye. That is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And if you haven't already, please make sure that you subscribe or hit the plus button so that you can get new episodes delivered straight to your podcast app every week. And if you did find this episode useful, I would appreciate it so, so much if you could leave a rating and review or share it with a friend. It helps me reach more people so that I can help them take some of the stress out of gestational diabetes too. And if you want to keep learning about all things gestational diabetes, head to my website to find all the ways that I can support you. Thanks so much. Chat soon. Bye.